Praise God. We have been in a series for the last few weeks talking about laying down our egos. What's your ego? Your ego is what you believe about yourself. We said that some people have very inflated egos. They think a lot about themselves. Other people have very deflated egos. They don't think a lot about themselves. But we all think something about ourselves. We all have egos. And what we've been doing in this series is we've been finding out what we think about ourselves, what our egos are in certain areas. And in those areas, then, we are laying them down before God. Because we need to lay our egos down before God. Because I want in my life, not what I think about myself to be the predominant thing. I want what God thinks about me. Amen? In week one, we talked about laying down our egos of inadequacy. So many people feel inadequate because of things that people may have said or ways people may have made them feel in the past has made them feel inadequate. Maybe it was from the family they were born into, the nationality that they were or are. Maybe that made them feel inadequate. Well, we, what we've done in week one is we laid down that inadequacy before God and we found out what God has to say about us, not about what people say about us. In week two, we, we learned a big one. The big one was laying down our need to be in control. How many people are control freaks? Not me, I'm not a control freak, but praise God, a lot of us are. A lot of us like to be in control of everything that goes on around us. Praise God, there's no need. Amen? We need to lay down our need to be in control, and we need to ask God to show us, show us who needs to control the different things in our lives. And I feel that we find out that God is in control. Amen? So many times we try to control things that God is directing us in a different direction, and we're trying to say to God, no, 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 we need to go this way. Praise God, success is found in going God's way. Amen? Amen? And last week, we talked about laying down our needs to be always right. Amen? Or, sorry, last week we talked about laying down our rights to be offended. Praise God. We, th praise God, in, in this offended one, it, it's such a thing that no matter what you say, sometimes you will offend someone. Praise God. We as believers... If we read the, the, the newspaper, if we watch the TV, we're, we're offended all the time. If we open our mouths sometimes, uh, speaking the truth, it causes offense. We need to lay that aside, amen? We need to lay the, the fact that we so easily get offended aside, and we need to learn what God says about us, amen? If you missed that one, praise God, that was last week, week three. It'll be up there on our website along with uh, weeks one and week two. Today... I want to talk and finish in this series about laying down our longing for approval. We've got no one in church here that looks for approval, have we? No, no, we, that, that, that doesn't... But anyway, just in case you have friends that are people that you may have known or maybe someone in your family that's always looking for approval, you can point them towards this message in future. And we need to get through it anyway, so just, just, just let me minister to you, this to you anyway. I think every one of us looks for approval. Amen. I think we're all kind of approval junkies in our life. It started when we were kids. When we were kids, we looked for the approval of our parents. We looked for the approval uh, when we'd done something good, that our parents would come along and they, they would approve of what we did. When we grew up, when we went to school, we still look for the approval of our parents, but we also now look for the approval of significant other people in our lives. We look for the approval of coaches. Well done, good boy, good girl, you've done a good job. And when we get that approval, it makes us feel, you know, sort of accepted. 
praise God, I feel that need for approval has affected how we behave today. Amen? We're going to learn that from a young age, that every one of us, we, we needed to be affirmed. We need people to tell us we're doing well and we're doing a good job. And I believe that this need for affirmation, this need for approval, affects the way we behave today and affects the way we go about our, our lives today. Not only our natural lives, but also the things we do from God. I believe there is about five big signs. I'm sure there's more, but five big signs that we are living for the approval of others. And the first one is that we are constantly worried about what other people think. Amen. Not, not us, of course, but these people that we're going to talk about this message to. We, we know that they're constantly worried about what other people think. They're consumed by what other people think about things that you produce, things that you say. You're, you're always watching what you would say because you're afraid you'd say the wrong thing. And if you say the wrong thing, then people might think that you were maybe not as smart as you tried to make out you were. Or, or, you know, Angela had a conversation this week in, in work about the whole Eurovision being in Israel this year. And we had so much controversy in our country about maybe we shouldn't go, you know, because of this whole thing with Israel. You know, and anyway. Um, she had one guy came up to her this week and said, will you watch the Eurovision this week? And Angela said, yeah, of course I'll watch the Eurovision this week. But, you know, we shouldn't watch it, he said, because it's in Israel. And she said to him, why? Well, you know, because of that, you know, that stuff. He hadn't a clue what he was talking about. But he tried to sound smart. That's a whole other message there about people, yeah. what they think about Israel, and they haven't a clue what's gone on with Israel. They think that Israel have grabbed land off the Palestinians that God gave to Israel on day one. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But that's a whole different message. Amen. He tried to feel, he tried to, to be smart, and we do that too. We, we try to be and talk intelligently about stuff. And, and when we got caught out then, you know, we, we, we quickly feel and we pull back because, you know, we, we don't want anyone to think that we don't know what we're talking about. We're constantly looking for the approval of people. I think sometimes for some people, they treat life as a stage. And on that stage, they're, they're, they're acting out life before people looking for their approval. I read an a, a interview there a few weeks ago uh, that was done with the actor Adam Sandler. And Adam Sandler was, uh, in this interview, he talked about, uh, about how he felt when he read some reviews of, of some of his uh, early movies. He said that when he shot one of his earliest movies, he said he loved every minute of it. And he thought during the filming of his film, he thought this is going to be fantastic. Everybody's going to love this film. And when the movie came out, people did. They flocked in their millions to see this film and had done some great numbers at the box office. But shortly after coming out, he read a few reviews of the movie and they were not very complimentary of the movie itself. And he said in, in the interview that I read, he said, this negative reviews that he got affected him when, it came, when he came to writing, preparing for and acting in his second movie. Church, we need not allow what anybody thinks about us affect us in what we believe God has called us to do. He allowed the negative reviews of his movie to affect how he produced his second movie. He said, and which is a pretty good thing, he says, he doesn't read any reviews anymore, um, which I believe for Adam Sandler is a pretty good thing because 
If you've seen any of his last movies, you know what I'm talking about. Praise God. We do the same though, don't we? We do the very same. We post something on social media, Facebook or Instagram or whatever. We post something up there. And as soon as we post it, within half an hour, we're looking to see how many people has liked it. A couple of hours later, we're checking it out again. Many people like my picture. And based on people's likes, determine whether we'll ever do something like that again. You post a scripture verse. I mean, you've a thousand followers on Instagram or Facebook, and you post a, a scripture verse up there, and you get two likes. And now all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute. Only two people out of a thousand people like the scripture verse? So what do we do? We say, I won't do that again. But, you know, I posted a picture of, uh, of I was out eating in a fancy restaurant last week, and I posted a picture of the food I got, and I got 200 likes. So now this is what people want from me. They don't want scripture verses from me. They want pictures of my food or they want pictures of my holiday. So I won't do what they don't like again. Why? Because we're constantly looking for approval. I know people and I've heard of people who if they don't get a certain amount of likes after 10 minutes on a picture, they'll either take it down or they'll change it. Because they're constantly looking for the approval of other people. Amen? We like people, we like people to like us. We want people to like what we wear, our shoes. We want people to like our shoes. We want people to like our style. But when does that start to, to make us actors on their stage rather than us working out our calling for God? Amen? Second thing is, oftentimes we're just way too sensitive. I mean, an actor puts out a new movie. Millions of people go to see this movie. Then one person writes a negative review of that movie and their focus immediately is now on the one negative review rather than the hundreds of positive reviews and the millions that it may take in the box office. Sometimes I believe we are just way too sensitive. Amen? Isn't it amazing how hundreds of people can like what you did but you'll be obsessed by the one who didn't? We just can't take every criticism personally. Amen? We can't. Because you're always going to get someone that's not going to like something you produce. Amen? Yeah. Even if something that you produce is fantastic, amazing, you're always going to get some people who will not like what you produce. We can't take it personal. We've got to learn to take the good with the bad. Amen? And learn that you know, not everyone is on your side. Not everyone is going to see the thing the way that you see it. Like the things that you like. Not everybody is going to like what you like. Just because that person didn't call you back when you called them. Just because you text them and they didn't text you back straight away. Don't take it personal. It may not be. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know what they're going through. Just because you want to get 20 likes on your picture on Facebook doesn't mean that the other 900 people that, you, that follow you didn't like what you... Maybe they didn't see it. Amen. It's not a determination of your value, whether people like what you do or not. We've got to stop taking things personal. Amen? There was a song out years ago called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. I wonder have we been looking for approval in all the wrong places? Church, there's three things, I believe, three major signs that we're looking for approval in all the wrong places. And the third one is that we compromise our own values. Yeah. I wonder how many of us can honestly say 
that to get the approval of other people that we've compromised our values. Mm -hmm. I think most of us have. I think most of us have. I believe a lot of us have felt forced into doing something that went against our standards just because you knew that by holding to your values that someone would disapprove of you. So you compromise your standards to try and get people's approval. I've known and seen uh, in work so many kids getting caught shoplifting because their friends put them up to it. Their friends would be there. I've watched them. I've watched them. I've stood there watching while you have three or four boys egging on one other boy, telling him to, to steal the chewing gum or to steal the highlighter or something like that. And you know the boy doesn't want to do it. You know he doesn't need it. But because he, he's looking for the approval of his friends, because he doesn't want his friends to call him a coward or whatever else that they would do, he'll do it. And I've saw and I've watched him get caught. And I've saw how they've been brought into an office and the guards have been called. And I've watched the fear in these kids' eyes as the guards come in. And, and I've watched them cry and I've heard their howls when they hear that their parents are going to be called. And why did they do it? Because they were looking for the approval of people who really didn't matter. And I wonder, are we sometimes very much like that? Do we compromise our values, our Christian values, our values that were put into us by our parents because we're looking for approval in all the wrong places and we compromise our values? Church, we should never compromise our values because we're looking for approval in all the wrong places. When we're looking for approval in all the wrong places, the fourth thing is, I believe, it causes it to, us to hesitate when it comes to sharing our faith. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands today of you who may have thought that, you know, I need to share the gospel with this person, this friend, this neighbor, and have hesitated because you're afraid of what they may think. You're afraid of what they may say. You're afraid that they may not approve of you anymore. I believe every one of us have been in that position. Amen? Every one of us. And the fifth one is, we have a hard time saying no. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 37 says, it says, but let your yeses be yes and your noes be no. So why then have some of us, and maybe all of us, have allowed our yeses to be yeses and our noes to be yeses as well? So many times people ask us to do things that we know that we can't do, but we say yes anyway because we don't want to let someone down and we're afraid by, by not saying yes that we'll hurt them or they will not approve of us. That's another sign that we're looking for approval in all the wrong places. You know, church, it's okay to say no if you can't do something. It's okay to say no if you really don't want to do it or you really feel you shouldn't do it. It's actually okay and biblical to say no. So why do we do these things? I believe we do these things because our egos are insecure. Church, here's the thing. Being obsessed about what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Mm -hmm. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. The Good News translation puts it this way. It says, It's dangerous to be concerned about what others think of you, but trust in the Lord and you are safe. 
The message puts it this way, and this is a fantastic translation. It says, The fear of human opinions disables. Trusting in God protects you from that threat. The fear of man brings a snare, or literally the fear of man in the Hebrew says, brings a hook. And you know what happens when you're on a hook? If you've ever gone out fishing and you catch a fish on a hook, now you're no longer in control. Or you're still swimming around in the water, but your moves are now controlled by the one who holds the hook. The fear of man brings a hook in your life. If you are afraid of man, if you are afraid to say no, if you are afraid of losing their affirmation, it's like a hook in your life. When you're on a hook, you are not in control. You don't order your own steps. God doesn't even order your steps anymore. Now the one who holds the hook orders your steps. If you have a fear of man in your life now, that person that you are afraid of controls your life. Amen? And the quickest way to that, to allowing people control in your life and forgetting what God thinks about you. We should never forget what God thinks about us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Church, we are making people too big in our lives. Amen. We are making people too big in our lives. We're magnifying people's role in our lives. We're making them kind of like the main characters in our life. When in all reality, all they're playing is part of the supporting cast. In your life, in your calling from God, you are the main actor. Amen. You are the one that's going to stand before God on your own and answer to God with what you've done with the gifts and talents God gave you. The other people who are kind of like using you as a puppet, you know, the puppet on the string, if you are allowing them to use you as a puppet on a string, praise God, they will not be with you when you stand before God to answer for what you did with the gifts God gave you. Amen? So why then today do we allow them to have us like a puppet on a string? Why do we allow them to have their hands up our back controlling every move that we make when at the end of the day all that matters is what God says about us, what God thinks about us? Amen? I read an article recently in the Irish Independent. It talked about how our Taoiseach is obsessed by his appearance and how he uses his fashion to affirm his position. He uses his dress sense, his fashion, to affirm his position as, a, as the leader of this country. I read in the same article how on the opposite side of the spectrum, the U.S. President Donald Trump, he uses his wardrobe to show just how little he cares about what people think about him. Church, the fear of man is a trap. And if we allow the, the, the fear of man, the fear of losing man's approval to control our lives, every action that we have in our lives will reflect that fear. Church, we need to be, in this incident, more like Trump than we are like Varadkar. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter what people think about you. It only matters what God thinks about you. Not that we go out deliberately to uh, uh, offend people. Not that we deliberately go out to hurt people. But we should not allow them fears to control our lives. Amen? 
We need to have an attitude. You know what? God has given me a calling. He's told me what I need to do. I'm going to do it. Amen? The fear of man is a trap. You can't live for God and live to please man as well. You just can't do it. You've got to please either one or the other. So how do we overcome this constant looking for approval and this trying to be a people pleaser in our lives? The first thing that we need to do is we need to focus on pleasing God and not man. You need to focus on pleasing God and not man. God has to be your number one focus. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10 there in the New Living Translation, it says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. If pleasing people was my goal, I would not be Jesus' servant. Amen. You cannot please the crowd and please God as well. We need to choose God. Church, at the end of the day, it only matters what God thinks. Really. It doesn't matter what other people think. For us here as a church, it doesn't matter what people who don't come here think about us. Not that we're trying to portray an image that's an image of anything except acceptance and love and a love for God. But at the end of the day, it only matters what God thinks about us. We could go out there and we could build a church that, you know what, we wouldn't even preach the Word of God in. And everyone would come because we would say everyone, which they are, everyone is welcome. But we need not worry about what people think about us because we preach the gospel. Because the gospel, as we said last week, is an offense to people. We need to preach it anyway. Amen. But at the same time, we do still need to build a church that's accepting of everyone and inclusive. Amen? It only matters at the end of the day what God thinks. It doesn't matter what the life reviewers think. You ever hear about life reviewers? They are people who go around reviewing everybody else's life. They review everything that you do. They have a comment on everything that you do in life. No matter what you do, they have a comment. It only matters what God, the Creator, our Father, thinks about us. Amen. And here's the reality. You just simply cannot please all the people all the time. It's just not, it's not possible. He can't do it. He can try, but you will lose. You're not, you will not succeed in pleasing all the people all the time. Angela's dad is a great saying. And it's a common saying. He says, you're only as good as your last performance. But a lot of people, you're only as good as your last performance. But if we're trying to please people, we'll always be performing. I think we need to quit the performance, don't we? Yeah. I think we need to be who God created us and not be the image that we think people want us to be. Amen? We need to stop acting on someone else's stage. Amen? Don't fall for the trap of trying to keep everybody happy. Remember the time when Moses went up on the mountain to meet with God? And just because he was gone for a long time, the people thought he wasn't coming back. Do you remember what the people did next? They went to Aaron, Moses' brother, and they forced him into making them new gods. In Exodus chapter 32, it says, when the people saw that Moses was gone long, or Moses was so long gone in, uh, in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron, or they pressured Aaron, they, 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 they gathered around him and they intimidated Aaron, and said to him, Come make us gods who will go before us. As, this, as for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. And Aaron, even though he knew it was the wrong thing to do, because he was under pressure, 
Because he wanted to please the people, he didn't want to turn the, the people against him, he gave in and he did what the people wanted him to do. Thinking that if I keep him happy, they will stay with me, they'll stay on my side. When the twelve spies went in to spy out the land, and they came back and gave the report, ten of them came back, and they said, indeed the land is good, it does flow with milk and honey, but the people of the land are too powerful for us. If we go up against us, they will defeat us. Their report was a negative report. They were frightened. They were frightened of the people of the land. They were frightened of their own people. Numbers 13 and verse 30 says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. Caleb tried to convince the people that God had already given them the land. And that despite the people that were in the land, if God has already given it to you, you can take it. Amen. You see, when we build a church here, people on the outside will say, you can't take the land. Even some people on the inside, when you talk about vision, and you talk about the thousands, they will say, you know, no, you can never build a church of thousands in Wexford. Can't happen. We need to try and please God who said it can happen rather than be worried about what people say. Amen? Amen. We need to press forward single-minded towards the vision of praise God, we can do it. Amen? You ever wonder why Peter was the only one who walked on water? Because the rest of them were afraid. They didn't want to sink. The steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord. Sometimes those steps are... In your mind and to other people, they don't make sense. Praise God, it didn't make sense for Peter to walk on water. Amen. And sometimes the steps that God will have you do next don't make sense. That means that doesn't mean, should I say, that you don't take them. Just because people around you say, no, that'll never work. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't start a church in Enniscordi. You should never think that a church in Enniscordi can touch the whole nation. But we're not living for the approval of man. Amen. He is not, a man is not the builder of this church. Glory to God. Amen. God is. Amen. And if God says we can do it, praise God, we can do it. Amen. 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 The people of, of, of Israel, they listened to the voice of the, the ten spies. And they didn't go into the land. Joshua and Caleb did. Because they listened to God. Amen. Your advancement in life will be linked to whether you listen to God or whether you listen to man. Whether you reach your goal in life, whether you do what God has called you to do in life, will not be determined on man. It will be determined on whether you did what God asked you to do. Amen? But there's so many voices speaking into our lives. Whether they're physically speaking into our lives or by their reactions they're speaking into our lives. So many people are judging us. They're talking about us. They're, they're saying things about us. They're... they're, they're uh, disapproving of what we're doing. But we're not living for man. We're living for God. Amen? Amen? And if God says yes, then it means yes. Even if man says it's impossible, if God says yes, it's possible. Amen? Amen? The second thing that we need to do is we need to start to live from the approval of God instead for the approval of people. Do you get that? We need to live from the approval of God and not for the approval of people. 1 Thessalonians 2, it says there in verse 4, it says, 
For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Our purpose is to please God and not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. Here's the thing. Every one of us wants to be liked by people. But the pursuit of universal approval of people puts us at, at odds with obeying God. Yeah. If our pursuit is pleasing people, it puts us at odds with God. If you fully follow Jesus and do what he calls you to do, then you will not be universally liked by people. Amen. When this church opened here 18, 19 years ago, this year, church, the town did not roll out the red carpet. The mayor didn't come down to cut the ribbon and has never come down to cut any ribbon. You will not be universally approved of by people when you do the godly things, when you do things for God. But we are not living for the approval of people, are we? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22 says, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Church, we've got to remember that because of what Jesus did for us, God has declared us to be righteous. Amen? I think we forget that. Because of what Jesus did for us, God has declared us to be righteous. God has already approved of us because of Jesus, not because of anything that we've ever done. So we need to stop living for approval because we're already approved. When God looks at you, when God looks at me, He doesn't see my mistakes. And glory to God, there is many. He doesn't see your mistakes. When He looks at you, God looks at you through the filter of Jesus. And thank God that filter of Jesus filters out all the things, all the mistakes, all the issues, all the problems, all the sins. So we need to stop living for the approval of man and rest in the approval of God. Amen? My worth is not found in people who did nothing for me, but my worth is found in Jesus who laid down his life for me. Your worth is based on what God says about you and not the approval of others. Therefore, we don't have to live for the approval of others. So here's the big question today. Who does God say that you are? God says in John chapter 1 and verse 12 that you are a child of God. Glory to God. You are a child of God. John 15, 15 says that you are a friend of Jesus. Romans 3, 23 says that you have been justified and redeemed. These are not things to come. These are present things. Amen? This is the approval of God. Romans 8 and verse 1 says that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's no condemnation. People can judge you all they like. They have no power over you because there is no condemnation for you who are in Christ. Amen. That's great news, church. That means we don't have to live for the approval of others because we're already approved by the one who matters, and that is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 2 says in verse 10, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things that He has planned for us long ago. It says we are already 
already God's masterpiece. You're not trying to be a masterpiece. You are not looking for the approval of other people to tell you that you are a masterpiece because God has already declared to you that you are a masterpiece. Amen. When God created you, He created you perfect. When He created you, He renewed you perfect. Amen. Amen. We are His masterpiece. 2 Corinthians 5 says that we are ambassadors for Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ. You know, when a government picks an ambassador to send to a foreign nation, they look for the best. Amen. Amen. They approve them. They put them through a process and they say, yes, you are approved. And when they send them to another nation, that now that person, that, that citizen now, is the highest ranking citizen of that country in that nation. And God has said, you are an ambassador. You are approved. And you are my highest ranking citizen in your nation. That's who we are, church. We are God's highest ranking citizen in this nation, in this town, in your workplace, in your school, in your college, with your friends. You are God's highest ranking citizen. Church, we need to stop living for the approval of man. Because you know what? You may find a dozen people that will approve you. But I tell you, you'll find quicker two dozen that won't. Amen. Not everybody is on your side. Not everybody is cheering you on. But God is. Amen. The author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. The one who has invested more in you than anybody else. Amen. Church, the quickest way to forget what God has says about you is to be obsessed about what people say about you. You can read a hundred scriptures of what God says about you and then one person will come and negatively comment about the state of your garden, the state of your work. They say, where did you get that shirt? And that will affect you more than what a hundred things that God says about you if you're living for the approval of man. Church, we need to live for the approval of God. Because ultimately, I can't please all the people all the time. But I can please the only one that matters. And that's God. Amen? Amen. Praise God.